friend and uh, author extraordinaire, sports author extraordinaire. That's Lee Lowenfish. Lee, how are you? Well, I've recovered from my food coma, and I'm 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 uh, a really good Thanksgiving dinner with my niece in New Hampshire. And I'm I'm ready to rock and roll with you. Uh, I I was reading uh, your your print uh, press box online free agent uh, piece just now, and yeah. uh, you were on top of Stephen Voigt and uh, and Kendall Graveman. Yeah, they're they're both gone. So yep. <laughs> I'm not sure Felix is coming to Baltimore or wants to. Come uh, to I d- I doubted that Felix would be uh, the guy here, but he's going to end up somewhere on a minor league contract probably. Uh, and uh, here's the question I have for you. And, again, Lee is the author of The Imperfect Diamond, The Art of Pitching with Tom Seaver, and The Ferocious Gentleman, the, auto, the biography of Branch Rickey among his uh, books that he's written. Um, and, Lee, we know now which direction the 2020 formation of the team is heading. Uh, and it's going to be sheared down even more in terms of uh, payroll uh, with the uh, essentially the wavering of Jonathan VR, the trading, it seems imminent now, and it will probably happen at the winter baseball meetings, that they'll trade Dylan Bundy and Michael Givens. Uh, but you wonder, a guy like Graveman, who signed for what he signed at, and I was pretty right on the money with what it would take, uh, What what are the alternatives in the starting pitching rotation, if they go in with a, a sort of an unknown quantity in Alex Cobb and John Means and the rest of what they have, uh, why wouldn't a guy like like a Graveman, wouldn't he have been perfect for the Orioles? Well, I'm, I mean, who right now wants to come to the Orioles? I mean, I'm, I'm a half-glass-full guy most mm-hmm. of the time. But, I, I mean, if, if it's a done deal... Uh, that Bundy and Givens are going. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you need pitching. You can't give up pitching. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss as to you know why uh, at, at 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 what they're doing, frankly. And and you know, I'm I'm I, I wouldn't uh, all the 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 pieces about. Mancini and how he's taking on the Adam Jones community role—it's well and good, and I'm, they're, they're heartwarming. But I—I I don't know if these people wouldn't uh, trade Mancini now. I mean, who—who who wants to see this team? I mean, you know, I mean, please. I, I actually haven't seen any names mentioned with uh, Bundy and Givens, uh, you know, as as partners. I mean. Well, I've I've read a couple. I've read one piece that gave three potential packages that the Cubs would give up for Bundy, and one of them, which I found ridiculous, I talked about about forty minutes ago, included Kyle Schwarber. Whoever wrote that doesn't quite understand what the Orioles are trying to do. Right. They're not trading a five point seven million dollar guy for a guy who's eligible to make more than that next year. But the trade that was interesting, it was. Uh, two top pitching prospects, and Ian Happ. And if you think about what the club needs, they're, they're clearly the direction they're aiming at is to get Mancini out of right field and over to first base. And then when Mountcastle is really ready, and that, again, Lee, that could be opening day, 
could be May 15th, could be July the 1st. That's, I think, when the rubber meets the road and they they finally pull the plug on Chris Davis's uh, position on the roster. So if you look at it that way, they're trying to get better defensively, uh, and I think Hap will do that in right field, and I think they'll have a better shortstop, and I think Hayes will be in center field. But that doesn't speak to who wants to come here uh, if you're a free agent. I mean, clearly, I wouldn't have offered Kendall Graveman a lot more money than Seattle did uh, or any more. And if you're Kendall Graveman, you're probably saying, well, I pitch in Oriole Park or out here in uh, Oracle. Uh, I'm going to pitch in Oracle. I think it's called Oracle now, isn't it? Yeah. Seattle Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the other issue, since you still win with pitching, yeah. is that uh, what guarantee you do you have that, that means won't have a sophomore slump? Yeah, you don't have any guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I can't see. You don't have any guarantee. Trading. Of, I you, mean, if, you don't if, have if, any guarantee of that. You also don't have a guarantee that Alex Cobb's going to come back and even be a serviceable major league pitcher, you know. And, and and you see what I'm concerned about is that there's some promising pitching down there, but I mean you can't really expect two guys out of the minors to come into your rotation. No. no. So, and uh, it, so and again, it's I get Trey back Bundy. That's what that's what we're dealing with. I get back to my piece that I wrote for Pressbox, the print edition. It's online at pressboxonline.com. If not Felix Hernandez, if not Kendall Graveman, throw me out a couple names that are on the on the cheap in the free agent market that could be part of this rotation this year. And Craig well, is sort of that, Craig is not here. that much out there. No, uh, but I, it's uh, uh, I, I'm not thrilled with just just saying goodbye to Valor like that either. Well, here's the other thing about that, Lee, and that's you know I'm I'm thinking that when when they decided to uh, DFA him essentially, and you know they, there was a lot of backlash from the fans here, not understanding that move. I mean, on the surface, you can kind of maybe see what they're trying to do, but again, you you know after two 100 loss seasons. They're they're hoping the fans at least are hoping for some improvement in the win loss column this year, and then there's talk and there was a story that you know Mancini said that he felt like you know he he feels real good about his chances of coming back and that kind of thing, and then there was backlash from that from the fans saying well a lot of them saying that if he doesn't come back I'm through with this team, I mean that's the way the fans at least are looking at it at this point. Well here's. If you take off the first, let me think, three, six, nine, about 18 to 20 names on the free agent starting list, and you get the Dallas Keuchel, okay? He's about 20 or 21. After that, listen to these pitchers that are available. Matt Moore, Clay Buckholtz, Tyson Ross, Felix Hernandez, Julie Shasheen, Jeremy Hellickson, Odrasamer Despanier, Michael Waka, Alex Wood, Edison Volquez, Marco Estrada, Shelby Miller, Clayton Richard, Drew Smiley, Wade LeBlanc, Matt Harvey, Irvin Santana, Ross Detweiler, Trevor Cahill, Derek Holland, Edwin Jackson. 
Those are the next tier of pitchers. Yeah. They didn't even and have. Actually, Stan, as you read down the list, and thank you for doing that, yeah. about a quarter of those guys have already been with the Orioles. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hellickson, Despagne, yeah, you're right. That's right. I mean, Edwin Jackson, who's been with everyone. Right. So uh, it, it's. They didn't uh, even I have mean, this. I know Estrada has been linked, uh, uh, but. You know, you reach. The, I used to love. I used to love Marco Estrada. Pitching in Camden Yards is, is hard. Yeah, I used to love Marco Estrada four years ago. Yeah, not now. Yeah, not now. Yeah. Uh, the, by the way, Kendall Graveman wasn't even highly enough thought of to be on this list of free agent pitchers. Well, maybe because when it came out, he technically hadn't been a free agent. He was. Dan, is there any way you can increase your volume? I'm having a hard time hearing you. I wish you'd mentioned that earlier. How about now? Any better? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I can hear you. Okay. I mean, I, I can hear you okay. It's just it's just a strain. All right. I apologize about that. Can you hear Craig okay? I, w- I yeah, was, now, now yeah. it's getting better. Okay. okay. All right. All right. That may, be, that may be a phone issue. That could be. No, it's probably a user error on our engineer. Well, you know. Today. That's that's the fallback guy. That's we the always blame guy. him. Yeah, you throw the engineer under yeah, the bus. Exactly. And then your mic goes off. Right. We're talking with Lee Lowenfish, and we're but, talking about the Orioles right now. But if you throw the engineer under the bus, you expect him to be able to fix the bus. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Now, Griffin that's does right. it. We all know time. that without the engineers, we're just talking to ourselves, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, the, the VR thing. You know, it's it's really interesting. I think during the during the season, most people were attaching a price tag of seven million dollars to mm-hmm. VR. As his numbers kept improving, I kept saying, "I think his number is going to be well over eight. And then, as sure enough, it got to toward when they first came out with the first uh, sort of speculation, and that that stuff is not speculation. It's run through uh, the uh, computer, the analytics, the and analytics, and everything. It was it's ten, ten. It's yeah. ten plus million dollars for VR, um, but the optics of letting him go for nothing is pretty difficult to take, isn't it? And uh, you know, there's, not, there's one point that uh, from watching on TV a lot, the last game of the season, I watched pretty carefully. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was going for his 20th victory for the Red Sox. And he had the lead. He left. They got the lead in the bottom of the seventh. And the the Red Sox were really playing hard to get him that 20th win. And Matt Barnes came in for the eighth inning hold. And there was a man on second and two out, and Valora was up. And it was one of those great at-bats that uh, went 10, 12 pitches. And Valora singled up the middle. And that was the that tied the game, and that was the end of Eduardo Rodriguez's uh, twenty hits victory. And it, uh, I say that because the, the pluses for Villar is he plays every day and he plays hard. And in a, that meaningless game, he on that one and one with against Matt Barnes, who had a very bad year, and I wonder if he's in the Red Sox plans. I mean, he came through. So I mean, I know all the negatives about Villar. But but there were positives, and to just give them away, uh, I mean, you know, whatever happened to the to the creativity of 
letting him play till the July deadline and then maybe get something for him then. Well, I think it speaks of an organization that's got some, uh, you know, the, the financial situation of this team right now is, is not great, and they're not yeah. willing to take that chance that a VR either wouldn't get traded or he gets hurt and can't be traded, uh, and that's it. For them right now, with what they're drawing and uh, the level of interest right now, it's 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 kind of back to the drawing board. Hey, Lee, before we let you go, um, I, you've written a number of books, but none more intriguing than the one that you're about to really embark on. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about it and when when it would be due out? Well, I, I appreciate the chance because I've always loved uh, the Scouts. I've known many uh, for decades here in New York, and I lived in Baltimore in the early 70s. And, and, you know, when I talked to people about baseball, when they found out I was a Baltimore fan that, that was in Baltimore from in the glory years, they, they, their eyes, their ears perked up because, you know, Baltimore scouting was, was the, the key to the success, the sharpness to develop somebody who looked like a player, who, but really wasn't Enzo Hernandez, the shortstop, and we get Pat Dobson for him. I think just about even up, right. and again, even even more so, Quayer for Kurt Bleffery, and and then developing. And so, the more I get into it, the more I see behind every great team, and certainly a dynasty. There's been a great scouting op- operation, and it goes back. To, to the Branch Rickey, who uh, remains a giant in the field, what he did with the Cardinals, and then what he did with the with the Dodgers. And even though he didn't live or didn't stay to see the Pirates win the World Series, become a con- contender, he did that as well. And then the Yankees imitated him, beginning with, with the, the, the prelude to their first great dynasties in the 30s and in through the 50s and early 60s. So that's what this book's going to be, a history of scouting and an homage to the people like Paul Critchell, who was the Yankee key scout, and Charlie Barrett, who was the uh, the first great Ricky scout in St. Louis, and uh, to give them the 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 homage they deserve because as part of the analytic craze, yeah. the, uh, they're getting laid off. It started... Uh, I mean, Moneyball, the book, and then the movie accelerated the demotion of scouts and the firing and just kicking to the sidewalk of scouts. And I think that uh, uh, they deserve their their homage, and that's what this book, Endangered Species, is going to be about. And if I get it in the spring, it'll be out uh, the following spring. So, All right. And we're excited about that. It's going to be a good one. And we've got to get you in touch with Ron Rizzi with the Washington Nationals. Great right, scout. Well, you know, I think every every scout I know was happy that the, the Nats had won because the Astros were, have been laying off scouts left and right, and they, they had no advanced scout during the playoffs, whereas uh, uh, Mike Rizzo had been a scout like his father, right. who's still with us, the um, – and still he, with them. He, he added Jack McKeon as well as his big uh, staff of scouts. And they put the, the – uh, and I think if the Astros – they won't admit it, obviously, but if they had had eyes and ears scouts watching the Nats uh, in the last part of the, to the playoffs, they, 
they they might have been a little more prepared. I mean, you can't take a thing away from from the Nats. I mean, they they did what Joe Morgan used to say about the 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 big red machine that we own the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Yes, and indeed. It doesn't matter how many relievers you bring you bring in. This is our innings, and that's what they did, and that's what was great to watch. Lee, it's great talking to you. Have enjoyed the holiday season. We'll get you on sometime in January. We'll talk more about the book. Okay. Okay. Thank All right, you. And go Thank Ravens you. Too. All okay. right. Thank you. Bye bye.